Good morning. I am here uh, having a chat with uh, Sai Susala. Sai Susala is uh, uh, Dean of uh, MIT School of Vedic Sciences and also the founder of Vedavapi Foundation. Indic Academy has been associated with Sai Susala and uh, MIT as well as Vedavapi over the last three years. Uh, more specifically, with for Vedavapi, uh, Indic Academy had the privilege to give a grant for the uh, start their activities. Uh, this was sometime about one and a half years ago. And this chat is uh, focused on um, getting a sense of uh, what the progress that Vedavapi uh, and Sai have made in, in, in this tourism space. So, uh, good morning, Sai. Uh, good morning. Just, uh, you can start uh, by telling us, define the problem and what is that problem that you're trying to solve uh, through Vedavapi. Thank you for inviting. Um, so the, the idea of Vedavapi was to make it easy for uh, the generation that is trained in modern education to start uh, um, accessing India's knowledge traditions um, at large scale. Um, today, it is um, it's a small number of enthusiasts and uh, that uh, uh, the barrier for them to get into the uh, Indic knowledge studies, her uh, Bharatiya Shastra studies, um, is very high because of uh, lack of training in some of the basic uh, um, aspects of Gurukula education that is totally missing today. First being Sanskrit. Um, um, and the second being the ability to retain information, retain uh, content and mull over it. Uh, large amount of content and mull over it. Um, that has been the hallmark of Indian tradition. So Indian tradition has been first to teach the language, then memorization of the content and then analysis and that used to be the train uh, and um, and because of the very strong uh, uh, tradition of um, recitation etc at the young age when the time comes to actually analyze things they will all have everything in their head okay so they can quickly refer to when the when the guru guru is or acharya is saying some concept connecting it to what they have already read in some other book, something else. So it's a very um, highly interwoven um, set of concepts that are dealt with in Indian systems. And that requires that ability to re refer, refer and connect. And um, that entire system has been completely replaced for whatever reasons. And uh, today, um, even the understanding the, the style of Indian um, scientific discourse is, um, is missing in the, uh, in the the ability to do ability to grasp that is also missing um, to and and uh, that is one problem that is one thing and why should we even study indic knowledge is um, um, what what i have seen i have been a sanskrit enthusiast um, starting with sanskrit bharati's approach of uh, you know speaking in sanskrit and thinking in Sanskrit natively, just as out of passion. And then the question arises as to what to do next. Naturally, the you know, I want to explore what Bharat has to offer. And, um, and that is when my encounter with uh, 
i went around you know basically uh, interacting with scholars to record their one hour uh, introduction to whatever the shastra they had they are uh, strong at and as a result i got exposed to the fact that the amount of rigor and depth and uh, critical thinking that is in our system is phenomenal and um, that is one so even if uh, there is no other value just your honing your thought honing your scientific thinking skills itself gets very uh, you know very strong by just studying shastras if nothing else the next level utility that i have seen is that um, shastras have a lot to offer uh, in uh, today you know when we say science and technology it's only about physics chemistry biology kind of stuff but there is a lot of other shastras which are to, to do with the human system how uh, they what i call as subjective sciences you know um, study of humans as individuals and and groups and uh, um, um, what language is uh, and um, how thought get gets expressed how to organize information how to organize knowledge okay these are some of the areas where the world is actually going towards and we have a lot to offer meaning bharatiya knowledge systems have a lot to offer and uh, uh so in that area like definitely in computer science there's a lot that we can draw from indic knowledge knowledge systems um and in psychology in wellness of course we know all we all know about ayurveda interrupt you here yeah. uh what do you mean that definitely in computer science there's a lot to learn from yeah so oh, correct see computer science in typical we have this we have this meme that uh, sanskrit is the best language for ai and you know some of these memes uh, we hear uh, and so therefore uh, we don't know i mean I, i i have no idea exactly how this is whether it's true or whether because some papers are quoted and uh, so so perhaps you can throw some light there yes yes um see basically computer science is about um representing knowledge and manipulating and uh, inferences and um, in processing of knowledge okay at a very high level that's what it is um and um so far the the evolution of computer science has been to process data data is just raw you know information bits and bytes and then organizing it storing it retrieving it and and in a very large scale and efficient way and the recent uh, advances has been due to uh, due to the power of uh, the amount of processing power we have and the uh, and uh, resources we have at our disposal has dramatically increased which enabled computer science to move towards from data processing to information processing to knowledge processing that is the that is the trend that is uh, happening and uh, what we are talking about as ai is nothing but knowledge processing going towards that we are not yet there but um, and the whole database world wherein you know or your airline reservations bank stuff that is all information processing okay. so so a fundamental question in this in all these things is how do i represent information in a in a way amenable to efficient large scale processing now that is that has been dealt with by databases and you know different things but when it comes to knowledge it is 
it's wild wild west as of now it's like uh, it's just ad hoc models created uh, out of what we you know um what a person thinks that you know you have a bunch of uh, let's say suppose you have a book okay the book is written in plain english and you want to ask questions about that book okay how do you represent one is of course you do text search with that google does but uh, that is not enough right you have to understand what is the concept being explained in that and how do you represent the concept as a layer above the raw text that is in the book that that is what we call as knowledge representation and there are models for it etc now indian system has basically uh, i am of course also a layman but uh, a little bit of informed layman let's say so there are two models two systems that we have nyaya and mimamsa nyaya is basically logic in the sense what is inference what is uh, induction deduction you know what are the way, valid sources of knowledge etc etc which is very very important for inferencing in ai also in any competition any computing uh, system the second part is um how concepts relate to each other like that means how do you interpret text what what are um, um when you when you read a text there is a logical flow of thought that is happening in any book in any from anybody's uh, exposition what mimamsa did in the context of vedic knowledge is to classify thoughts and how they connect with each other which is precisely what we need for large scale um, in a knowledge processing but it has not been applied till now we are now looking at uh, for instance how do you analyze social media conversations okay uh, and then in that process um we the, meaning the modern ai basically looks for some specific patterns if this if a, if a very angry related words are used you classify it as a this kind of a mood you know so it's a um what i call as an ad hoc and slowly evolving um learning process whereas in the mimamsa system they have fundamentally lo looked at thought from its core from the core principle of what exactly thought is all about what are the types of thought that get expressed and then how thoughts get related for instance um when i express something and i want to elaborate on it there are two i can give an example okay or i can give how that concept um, i can explain that concept in terms of sub concepts so there are two di two different ways of connecting uh, sentences for instance sentences or whatever thoughts so that organizing and interpreting thought is what mimamsa does okay so the beauty is logic on the one hand and the ability to interpret text or or discourse on the other hand together if we can provide if you can use these models as base models for representing books in uh, in and then using them for querying answering uh, questions um and use all your latest ai you know at, at that's uh, that opens up a lot of uh, application very exciting applications that's an example uh, just as a, a, a small aside i met with uh, uh, ray kurzweil of uh, singularity university um and and then this was uh, google has launched uh, talk to books uh, which is basically a query and an answer uh, so wherever through machine learning they will search 100000 books wherever this question and this kind of an answer has come so you will get 
uh, uh, so it's a it's a more contextual search uh, as opposed to a general string based uh, search on uh, on a regular google you can go to talk to books and then search uh, ask questions and and it will tell you all the books which have this question and, and this kind of answer right. Right. so i asked him uh, when he finished his talk and i just uh, do you think sanskritam uh, sanskrit would be beneficial he just looked at me uh, you know sort of blankly um, but from what i under, from what you are saying that uh, google should actually look at uh mimamsa and uh, and then refine this talks to book and contextual searching right that's enable very meaningful search meaningful results because you are directly representing what humans are what is happening in human brain that's there instead of guessing and slowly converging towards what human brain is doing that's so coming back to uh, your project specifically uh how how does this apply uh, or useful to what you are doing so or how are you applying this so um so i have mentioned that there is value in uh, in a, in uh, uh exploring indian knowledge for contemporary relevance and there is a lot to explore and um the and uh, today's uh, uh, younger generation is not trained to read that and then assimilate it and process it properly right so on the other hand there is another big problem which is all of our traditional knowledge is embedded in either in oral traditions it is going from guru to shishya and all that or in written uh, manuscripts which are today like most of the the, the numbers are keep varying depending on who you talk to i started with 5 million because that's what i got from national manuscript mission now they are saying 30 million okay 30 million books compared to 1 million of the entire world put together before the advent of print era that means huge amount of 30 times more knowledge was actually documented um in india um across uh, compared to the rest of the world and none of it is today in a way that is processable that that is readable why because the scripts are old scripts are outdated scripts um uh, it's all dilapidated there, even though um, later uh, computing technology has grown very in phenomenally in image processing and all that none of that is getting applied to solve this problem of actually looking at what is there in our system what have, what our ancestors have written and talked about okay so vedavapi's vision is to transform from talapatra to searchable uh, knowledge base how do you transform give me in in these 10 20 million books tell me where um let's say um an issue about um, some particular health condition in the himalayas is talked about suppose i want to ask that question we are like nowhere near that okay so the, it requires building a pipeline basically you have to transform this raw um, either oral or um, written or uh, this kind of text into text text to um, meaning uh, meaning to actually models models of how what is the concept being presented and then to applications so that is what that is the pipeline overall pipeline and there's a lot of tools that need to be developed in this in this process 
and uh, either developed or leveraged. See that today the problem is there is a lot of people working on computational linguistics, Sanskrit processing and all that. But that is mostly at the, in the beginning part of the pipeline. There is a lot more to be done at knowledge processing level like I was talking about. So what Vedavabhi is trying to build is a common, almost like a huge workflow, leveraging wherever tools are available and plugging them together in a way that is interoperable. So that you can build a pipeline and uh, use it on large scale. That is the core uh, idea of Vedavabhi. So where are you now? You were, uh, you were mentioning that you are launching a portal uh, for eBar. How does that fit into this vision? Yeah, so so the, basically the, you need two things. You need the content and you need the processing engine. Vedavapi uh, uh, is, uh, is, is initially focusing on the, the technology, processing engine and, and uh, by putting together the pieces in a, in a usable way. And naturally, the, you know, once it is put together, we need the content to process it. Today, that content is not available in a single, in a uh, always on, always available format for, um, for everybody to use and rely on and build on. Okay, that is the issue. So even though there are... Archive.org archive is there. Yeah, yeah. So archive.org exists. For instance, there are so many like Sanskrit documents.org, archive.org and the DLI, Digital Library of India. So there are so many two, uh, so many um, kind of uh, uh, repositories that are available, and they are being closed, in, um, being uh, populated and grown. And there is a lot of uh, content being already, you know, scanned and um, digitized today through Egango three and other projects. But um, due to some policy issues or something like that, what is happening is that when you uh, archive.org provides a raw free service to for people to upload. But it also enables people to remove whenever they want. Okay. Um, and since it is private collection, you are free to do whatever you want with it. So you cannot rely on, suppose you see a book there and you want to build on it, you do all your analysis and everything, the base is taken away from you. And that happened a lot with hundreds of books for whatever reason, we don't know. Okay. So that is one problem. Second is, the amount of content that is available on archive.org is really mostly printed over the last printed content over the last, uh, let's say 18th, 19th century, 20th century. That's where the printed printing started. But there's a lot of content in Indian system, which is in the handwritten manuscripts that is today mostly available with individual oriental libraries are digitized and kept in uh, national manuscript mission, but again, not accessible to the public. Uh, as of now, but that is a policy issue. But first we want to demonstrate that if you had a stable, accessible archive, okay, and you have the technology to process it and demonstrate the value of putting them together, then probably policy can be modified to be able to leverage and make it, um, uh, make it more democratize the access. So with that intent, uh, we have created, uh, the, uh, we are floating this thing called eBharati. Um, eBharati uh, is a, um, we want it to be an always on uh, reliable, dependable Indic text archive to start with. Initially, it's only text, but later we want to add recordings, etc. also, because they're all just media of wherever knowledge is being uh, uh, produced. So we want to eventually like take recordings of scholars talking and then use that for, you know, further analysis and things like that also. 
but um, but it's some element of uh, reinventing the wheel is happening here yes there are there is <laughs> meaning we are for instance um it there is some some pockets of content everywhere we are organizing our service such that we can actually um, provide value add let's say searchability and republishability services to existing content wherever that is and also provide our own storage space for people to upload their content both so that we don't want to we don't want to just keep copying the same stuff again and again that's not that's a waste of resources but whatever is available we want to have at least one copy which is there for posterity to build on that's all so uh, you were talking about uh, some kind of a processing ability in uh, which veravapi is developing and right. it's in the alpha mode right now is that uh, the so can you just talk about that a bit what what what's the what is the processing that uh, actually goes through i mean right yes so so the first step as i mentioned our vision is to be is a transformation of indic knowledge from talapatras and to searchable knowledge bases so the first step is to convert these um, scanned books today which are available all over the place but where there is no search you cannot search in books and ocr optical character recognition technology has been uh, has grown in leaps and bounds and uh, it is being used heavily for english and uh, english oriented languages um, google is a leader there but for indian language scripts it is uh, for printed books it is reasonably okay but not for in nowhere uh, for uh, handwritten work okay so the second issue with uh, these uh, existing technologies is that the problem of proofreading if you have a, if you have somebody types it up or somebody some uh, tool converts it into text how to make sure that it is um, faithful to the original okay so that is a that is called proofreading job you know today what happens is if the proofreading job even if the processing tool is uh, very good more than 90% the proofreading of the 10% is more tedious than the uh, than just typing it up that's the weakest link yeah because because a lot of manual stuff involved the the reason why that is so tedious is because the tool cannot learn from what the user corrected so there is no feedback loop into the into the ocr engines based on what what the humans have corrected uh, the output into right so there is no possibility of uh, machine learning uh, linked ocr it is possible the technology is there it is just that the engineering has not been done the 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 actors have not been connected and integrated that's the thing so google does it uh, google has its own internal engines which learn over the over a period of time but today there is no pro, there is no way for um, outside world to kind of supply the uh, the corrections back to google and let it improve no that that, uh, that loop is not there not established so it's not a technology problem but it is an organized meaning uh, what you call integration problem okay that is one problem second thing is see we cannot wait for google to solve let's say there is some archaic script which uh, nobody looks at except scholars there is no uh, commercial uh, sense for google to invest in that kind of stuff but from a heritage standpoint it's very important to do these kinds of things so 
so what we are working on is most of this work that google does is not in the commercial domain they just invest in it and they sort of uh, it's more long term investments uh, would they be not interested in looking at uh, all the indian scripts and they would be interested in indian scripts say for instance this uh, ocr for um, handwritten and ancient scripts um has come up apparently in google and they have done some work but yeah, i am not sure i am not an insider but i was told by people there that it was shelved for you know lack of uh, mm, the clear connection with uh, um access or the user base or something like that okay and um, that is one issue the the second thing is even more for handwritten because the, the number of users are only the users are only experts right so if it is for printed indian language i am sure google will be very much interested because that's like very useful in the today's uh, uh, even for non traditional knowledge related applications but for uh, shastras and these kinds of stuff it is uh, um so i don't want to kind of say that you know google cannot do it or anything like that google will not do it or not like that we want to ride the wave of whoever provides the latest tools and then build on top of that whatever augment them with what they are lacking today so that we can get the job done okay and the method we are adopting is basically crowdsourcing or expert sourcing is what i call it on top of osia so that we are employing a lot of tools a lot of people across the world uh, we want to by providing them an online platform where they can actually go and collect uh, you know correct the whatever books in a, in a large scale way and uh, and then we have tools in the we are building tools ai tools triplet hyderabad is uh, is running a project Uh, with uh, along with vedavapi to leverage these corrections to feedback and then uh, uh, make it make the whole process much faster so the the typical idea is that um, let's say suppose you have a handwritten book we want to type the first 10 pages of the book and then feed it into the system and um, it will auto detect the rest of the 90 pages let's say and then user goes corrects a few next 10 pages and it will correct and then then the asymptotically the number of errors will go down so that the tdm of repeated corrections will dramatically reduce so that is the man, manner we want to do it and it's called, we call it human assisted ocr basically so that so is the first done step. anything so far so the, the the we have we now have the engine to invoke google or any existing ocr engine and uh, let users correct them uh, completely and make the data available for training by tools through api programming programmatically okay so and the how to use that tool there is already a prototype been developed for how to leverage those corrections to improve ocr uh, that is in in testing right now so the the entire pipeline is ready the algorithms need to be refined over time that's what we are doing right now but uh, from an end user perspective the whole workflow is uh, in place so when are you likely to finish this 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 uh this we are uh, we are planning to get this human assisted ocr the entire loop in in operation in about 6 months time from now uh previously we did not have some clarity on the that part of it that uh, machine learning in, uh, part of it now it is uh, 
we have a, a good experts running in the um, you know operating in that area and and students available and things like that so if this part is done then is effectively all the uh, manuscripts handwritten manuscripts can be scanned and uh, uh, rectified the mistakes rectified and ready for processing ready for processing printing republishing uh, searching you can search for any content and then you can look for it you know that's that's why big advantage and then republishing later that is the next level and then the another part that i am we are also parallelly working on is transforming flat text into concept maps what does that mean concept principles what is a concept map it is a mind map of the various the how the thought flow is in the book directly represented as a network of concepts like how what, how the book starts what is the concept it introduces how it elaborates okay what are the new technical terms it are that are available in this book okay and give me examples of those concepts you know and um, you can say give me a five page summary of the 200 page book you can automatically generate that once you have this kind of a map okay so that that mechanism is, that, is this kind of mapping done for other books i mean other academic books how do you, what is this concept i mean concept of concept mapping is it prevalent elsewhere or is it peculiar to the 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 notion of this notion of mind maps okay mind map is uh, suppose you're uh, you're um, doing a meeting or you're reading a book you can manually note down you know what are the how it is flowing and then make the connection sure. manually right so it's like you are digesting some information from a book and then you are presenting your own interpretation of that book in a man, in, in in your own way in a, in a mind map now what a concept map or shastra map what i call it is instead of you digesting it and presenting it in a different wording you just take the original things only and connect them up so that you are not bringing your interpretation into the into the loop okay so that it is there is fidelity to the original thought and the method of connecting these things is also based on the mimamsa principles what we call a, there is a there are there is a notion of called tantra yukti which is a technical term for how tan, uh, joining of concepts uh, like i mentioned that how, how thoughts connect and you know that that network of thoughts right so india india has developed its own mechanism of uh, uh, how a discourse unfolds uh, and that is that method is used across all shastras i see is there any person any any author or any academic who has done work in this area yes um one of the pioneering work on the notion of tantra yuktis as a method of uh, text uh, uh, discourse uh, has been by i think uh, kane or something pb kane i think uh, is the name and uh, recently Uh, professor uh, jayraman mahadevan from uh, krishnamachari yoga mandiram uh, he has he, this has been his phd topic actually i see uh, yeah so we have recently conducted a um, a two day workshop to tutorial to uh, to um, familiarize modern phd scholars about this uh, method of thesis writing tantra yukti as a method of thesis writing 
uh, we have done a very good workshop and uh, very well attended one and it's now available as an online course also through indic academy no but in the in, in, in there's not much uh, written by the indologists on this i don't think so i am not an expert in indology studies uh, world but i am uh, this is a very deep uh, very uh, highly sanskrit based uh, work nothing to do with historical analysis and all that stuff i don't know so maybe it may not have attracted them yet oh. <laughs> it is a very highly scientific work so once you do so you, you are trying to create a database of uh, of books and manuscripts and then you have this engine to uh, to recognize ocr plus machine learning uh, engine that will rectify it and then scan it and be available for process, further processing and that plain further processing plain text yeah converting to plain text and then you can republish and uh, right that is one output the next level stage is language analysis understanding the sentences you know words connecting them to the dictionaries and so that people can make sense of that uh, those the text okay and that is the grammatical analysis part of it that 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 is typically the realm of computational linguistics so which you might have heard a lot in you know, a sanskrit computational yes. linguistics that has been a very big so what is a value there i mean in just in terms of uh, uh, for whom is it of value the unless you do that unless you do say, grammatical analysis of the of the text you cannot actually derive meaning out of it like for instance who is talking to whom what is the question being asked okay uh, so when you are reading a sentence language understand it comes under the realm of natural language understand it's a big area which is very well developed in the but, west but any scholar who reads that won't he be able to understand i mean that's yeah yeah so yeah see the thing is if for just for scholars to read all you need is this uh, you know um, Uh, the printed books that printed or whatever republished books but uh, as as i mentioned our target is the younger generation okay suppose a person who is just a novice in sanskrit but doesn't have a solid vocabulary or deep grammatical knowledge for them if you want to make them uh, empower them to start reading these books we need some almost like an intelligent e reader for sanskrit text which will help them like uh, you know um, by providing them at any point okay what is this word mean you know i uh, know uh, what is the grammatical concept used so how do i so basically they it's almost like a crutches for uh, people who are not thoroughly familiar with the this thing this is not meant for the e reader kind of work is not meant for uh, deep scholars they will actually it's a hindrance for the for them right uh, our target is the younger generation more and more of mainstream educated younger generation should start exploring this knowledge and after this module then what's the next one the next one is the is what we call as a concept map as i mentioned to you and we are working on as a first step we are working on taking most many of the standard textbooks uh, textbook uh, like um, prescribed um, books and transforming into these concept maps and with an e reader kind of facility to help today's ma students and others um to grasp that and then master the books much faster okay so that is our uh, what you call initial beachhead application we are trying to 
uh, create and we have done one for um, more three four, five six books already which are prescribed books in uh, you know typical uh, ba sanskrit ma sanskrit kind of uh, uh, situations so you're 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 in a way making a like very crude example <laughs> making like when i was growing up and i was doing my degree we used to have what is known as a guide correct textbook and we have a guide yes. so so you're making a guide for the current crop and making it easier yeah 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 and and you're hoping that uh, but isn't that uh, isn't that in a way going against the grain of how these things are to be uh, taught in terms of uh, how uh, there's a particular time and there's a particular transformation that has to come because of this learning but if you do this kind of uh, shortcuts are you uh, are you so the choice right now in front of us is do we want our do we want the youngsters to abandon it because it is too is like they hit a wall or do you want to build some small uh, sopanas steps so that if they climb a couple of steps and then get excited and then go to the go to the experts and do the right way that is the question the choice now is have zero people read it or at least a few people start exploring it and make it easy for them we are building these steps to the shastras dummies for shastras kind of thing yeah shastras for dummies shastras for dummies yeah yeah not dummies actually these are very intelligent people we don't want to call it dummies yeah, no, no, no. i'm just saying that's the shastras for novices uh, to indian knowledge yes so then then uh, what are the other applications from this work you you were talking about innovation and possibility of innovation and whatever knowledge that's hidden in these scriptures they can be used and uh, so how where does that fit in so okay the i have this uh, pet statement called knowledge has to transform into power into some use connect you know some actual um, deployment in some uh, to solve a problem right you know the most important reason why indic knowledge should be studied is to actually solve some problems in the field right now um the way you know in order to actually address a problem you have to look at that problem in a different light you have to use a different lens to solve that problem okay what indian shastras provide is an alternative way alternative model is what i call it alternative representation or model of looking at reality so that you, uh, that alternative way of looking at it itself will open up this uh, uh, how to address it kind of thing like for instance uh, psychology wellness okay uh, ayurveda for instance has a model of how the human system works it has its own parameters for understanding what a human's profile personality profile is and then how the environment is what is what is how do you describe or express um, what uh, shitakalam meaning uh, winter what is the uh, what is the health oriented uh, representation of the essence of winter essence of summer okay or you know and then what a human being is like what is his prakriti correct okay. now 
unless you represent the human prakriti in certain model as a certain representation which is amenable to processing and the system context in which like for instance you are eating sambar what is sambar in terms of health profile okay or, or a prakriti profile is are is your profile and the sambar profile compatible or not okay in order to do such analysis you need to have a model okay so shastras must be transformed into parametric models okay, so such that you can actually use those models for getting them to be used in the mainstream science that piece is missing today we are studying today shastras just to preserve and for pass on to the next generation a person who studies uh, mimamsa his purpose in life is to take mimamsa and then teach 10 people uh, mimamsa this not to actually apply it in a context contemporary scenario so so the once we build all these concept maps and everything we that will be that will be the point at which now modern mainstream educated people and the traditional scholars will come together and see how it can be converted into scientific models for application so we can only take it to that point that model building is a very intellectual and scientific activity that is where we want to go take the world to and we have i have listed a, we have a, almost a dozen models that we can create like governance models uh jurisprudence models um you know economic uh, models uh, what is a state what is it what is what is the difference between a state and an organization we have our own definitions of those what what are the key characteristics how do you represent uh, uh, for instance um you can take each corporate role let's say what is a cfo what is his role in a in a organizational perspective you can express the those roles in as a vector of parameters based on uh at uh, the shastrik and uh, dharma shastrik models and then say is this person compatible with this role okay you can answer such questions um using these models so just in terms of the uh, what your uh, next one years uh, goals are and what you are hoping to achieve uh, can you just give us some sense from this ibarthi and uh, ibarthi is just launching right you just, just launching yeah just just launching so the the ibarthi um, has um, is the, is uh, meant to be the the repository of always on online available text text content from is it's like a it's like a place and then we want we want to reach out to uh, collectors of indic knowledge uh, books and things like that to be able to put it host it on our platform or wherever they host it to provide us access that's all um so that we can make those contents searchable and republishable that is like first um, uh, deliverable that we, we are targeting and we want to target about minimum 100000 books to be available on our platform natively in addition to of course uh, addressing the archive.orgs of the world um and um, provide searchability to these um, these all of these books that is one second take um, at least 1000 books that's that's the most, that's the most crucial part right providing searchability to 100000 books yes is basically meaning that that ocr plus the human uh, aspect mm-hmm. that's the that issue has to be addressed 
has to be addressed but uh, the the because the, the books not, are running and that that's anyway a lot correct. of people that's correct, not correct. A, yeah so 100 books after scanning yes we coming to picture after scanning but see the searchability is different from republishability there is a small step between the two searchability means even if ocr does a bad job okay it like let's say ocr does a 70% okay you are searching for a word at least you'll get somewhere near what that place so you don't need full human correction to be able to achieve searchability but if you want to republish a book you have to do the human correction properly right so uh, so the searchability actually we can do for printed books today with uh, with the, what google does at, and applying it to large scale that that entire workflow we have ready okay um, and we have the other crowdsourcing way of human correction in place but that's why uh, that is a manual manual job i mean lot of manual labor involved and uh, that's why we are targeting about 1000 books uh, to be properly republishable to get them to republishable state pick some uh, you know hand pick some uh, sets of what we call as important but not yet published kind of books and make it that way so that is uh, that thing and the are there any specific themes that you are uh, selecting within these 1000 books you feel there's any categorization of hierarchy or, or, or importance yes yes so we are focusing uh, one um one big big gap in uh, today's uh, ayurvedic system is lack of um searchable access to ayurvedic nighantus that means herbal databases apparently there are like uh, 18 herbal database books which are on, available in text format but not you know in a in a way that you can actually do a search on like what what is this herb related to you know what are its properties that kind of connection is not there today so we want to transform those into all the whatever available herbal databases into searchable uh, herbal books into databases that is that is one thing we want to do second um, we want to take uh, um, nadi pariksha granthas at least five or six of them because nadi pariksha granthas are almost like a, a doctor's um journal of all his the treatments he has done and what he has seen what he has administered how it modified it's like a gold mine of uh, mining okay for uh, for uh, wellness uh, interventions so none of them has been touched very few have been actually touched by today's uh, ayurvedic uh, fraternity so we want to make those available in text form make them publish that is maybe that will be like about dozen or so uh, to start with um, so ayurveda is one domain the second is um, in the area of aurohitya um, um, there are some very commonly referred books which are very helpful for making some decisions about you know whether i should do this puja and what are the condition what should i do and, and what should i uh, pay attention to should i do this uh, in this time or that time so many kind of uh, things that happen today they are all being done through manually through some uh, you know physical books we want to transform at least five books which have we have identified which are highly frequently referred by purohits into online form searchable online form it will be very valuable so that is one purohit okay, and that will be converted into an app which he can carry and then we can correct it just on the on the fly yes on on smartphone yes yes so yeah. that is that 
okay uh, we are we are we are going to digitize two books called nirnaya sindhu and dharma sindhu most frequently referred books by most purohits across india apparently okay mm. so that is one um and uh, there are other a little bit of um, i want to consult uh, scholars to see what dharma shastra books need to be transformed we need to um, work with them to identify those um, maybe five or six books in that area Got, uh, so be, before we conclude, uh, just wanted to get a sense of that. How did you? Uh, how did you come and see that there is a gap here and there is a problem here? That and and how, why did you think of wanting to solve this problem from your personal background? How did this happen? Uh, so. So uh, how it started was I am a regular run-of-the-mill software engineer, and uh, with some enthusiasm for Sanskrit, and um, I was helping my wife do uh, do her MA in Sanskrit, and um, um, and in the the way it runs in uh, in India typically there is absolutely no support in terms of uh, studying and things like that, especially in the Sanskrit la language uh, stuff. So. um i was um, trying to help her like within a week there is an exam and uh, she has like about 200 pages of book to read it was very difficult so i sat and actually helped her by creating notes for her clips notes you know the the guide thing right so i used the mind map uh, mechanism for that and two things happened one i realized the depth of indian thought that uh, i read this book called dhanya loka by anandavardhana it's like extremely it's almost like a phd thesis i understood the depth and rigor of indic thought directly second i realized that a different way of presenting it would really help people and i transformed that entire uh, almost 100 page book into five pictures conceptual pictures okay dramatically helped my wife uh, you know in her, because she was like clueless what how do i how can i handle this you know that was the that was the start okay and that's what triggered my interest in these things and then i was searching and then said when i searched for these kind of books they were not available and then i came to know that you know these are all you know this is the most neglected world is all moving we are all solving world's problems we are not solving our own problems so that's what made me transition actually why cannot i apply my knowledge to this yeah uh, so before we conclude uh, in just in terms of what the government has to do or uh, you you have to run i guess yes yes absolutely. it's already 11 yes. okay so thank you very much uh, that's been very useful to understand and all the very best thank you, thank you.